0: Welcome to this week's edition of the master instructor roundtable i'm regional master instructor marty miller here with my fellow regional master instructor dear friend miss wendy bats wendy how's everything going today
1: i'm great marty how are you
0: good i'm looking forward to this week you know this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart
1: well hopefully it's near and dear to everyone's heart because we always have to recertify or we have to start over which nobody really wants to do so um I, I do believe this comes at a very good time for many many reasons marty that i know you are a planner. You're like me, very type A. So we like to plan things out in the upcoming year. So seeing how we're towards the finish line of 2022, looking forward into 2023, I think this is a great time to talk about the importance of continuing education and making plans to ensure that you stay certified. And then we're going to talk obviously about some of the new courses that NASM released this year and uh, make sure that you guys understand the, the con ed behind that as well.
0: Yeah, and just putting kind of some structure to why their CEUs required the advantage of being in an industry that requires CEUs. And then really, as you kind of already alluded to, how to use that as a roadmap so your career goes
1: where you want it to go. Yes, you must have a plan.
0: <laughs> so
1: let's, let's dive on in. So today, obviously, we're going to talk about why continuing education units are so important. And then definitely gonna go over the requirements, especially for your CPT. Um, Marty and I have talked multiple times throughout the year about the importance of just having the foundation piece and really understanding the concepts behind the NASM OPT model. And that's what obviously the CPT has done for many of us. And, um, And then talking about some of the different specializations and ways to plan ahead to really maximize just your learning experience and the journey, and um, you know, really trying to figure out where do you want to go next, or how do you build your business even bigger if you're not happy about it, or if you're just starting out, and give you some ideas of maybe the the journey and path that Marty and I took. Um, where I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy in the direction I went, and uh, but we're always learning, always learning, without a doubt.
0: So I think Wendy, when I you know when we were putting this together, I think it's important to let people know what an accreditation is and that NESM is an accredited program. And we were the first fitness certification to achieve this accreditation. So we throw that term around a lot. So I figured this would be a great place to start. So when you're looking at an accredited certification, it's the process by which an agency or educational program is evaluated against defined standards by a third party. So it's not setting your own standards. It's the standards within the industry. And then are you achieving those standards? And then your organization has to stay in compliance with these standards so it can be awarded and then maintain that recognition. So within our industry, the National Commission for Certifying Agencies, or the NCCA, is that accredited uh, agency. And this is what NASM went through, the rigors. You and I remember that process right after we joined NASM. And so it's the NCCA by ICE, which is the Institute for Credentialing Excellence.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important to understand, guys, there's a lot of money in research that has to go behind being an accredited certification. So it's not like it's an easy process. And when we talk about being, you know, very, um, there's a lot of different protocols and policies and different things that the education has to have. And, you know, they change the way that the credential is Um, every time we have to go in and recertify for for accreditation or NASM does. So again, there's you know, that's why the, the book is constantly being updated. That's why we have some of the best of the best writing our chapters and making sure we, that when we talk about subject matter experts, they truly are very well known in their field. They're very um, educated in that particular area that they're writing about. And so, you know, I, that's one of the things that I love about NASM. And, and I, I talk about how truly valuable the education is, is because of this type of thing that they do behind the scenes. That sometimes we don't really understand or even think about, but NASM is constantly updating and changing and growing and making sure that we're meeting these accreditation requirements. Mm -hmm.
0: And something simple as how many times one of you had the question posed, you like, I want to know I got on my test because I passed. (laughs) That is part of the accreditation where they don't want the association to basically be able to rank people that pass their exam. So, even when Wendy and I took our exam, NESM doesn't find out what our scores were. Of course, I'm sure they were 100, right, Wendy?
1: Of but <laughs> you
0: know, That is not that, that, you know, that wouldn't meet the standards of the accreditation. So this is where you get your score if you fail the test, so you know what to work on. But if you pass, you pass. So that way, everybody has that same opportunity once they pass the exam
1: and they have to have a huge bank as well a bank of questions so guys these are randomly chosen if you unfortunately do not pass the first time and you have to go back and retake your exam that's okay but just realize that the questions won't be the same so don't think about okay what question did i have because you know there may be 25 questions on the assessment process or you know muscle dysfunction or muscle imbalances and they won't be the same questions I mean, there could be maybe one or two that are slightly the same or maybe familiar, but that's kind of luck of the draw. And so, just know that you know when you're going to sit. If you have not sat for your CPT and you're going to get onto the NASM um, website or with your material that you've received, really look through that BOC, which is Board of Certification, uh, handout because it will give you a break of a percentages. Um, that you're going to need to know. So, when you're studying, you know, if something's um, valued at a higher percentage, such as the assessment in comparison to, let's say, maybe nutrition within the CPT, maybe that's a little bit lower. Um, you know, you want to spend more time on the assessment part because it's it holds more questions. So, just think, things to think about. Um, I get test anxiety, so I like to know what to prepare for and so that's one of the reasons we're kind of doing this today is to make sure everyone's crystal clear of expectations and then trying to make sure that everyone um we get the questions answered of what to do after you pass exactly
0: so as we move forward here a couple more things about the accreditation this gives the organizations that they can demonstrate uh the profession you know as it represents the general public certificates excuse me serve that their program has met that stringent requirement so when you go out and talk to your clients that you're NASM certified, you can know, and hopefully your clients know that you have achieved a very high standard in your personal training certification. This gives the credibility and legitimacy by providing impartial, that's key, impartial third-party oversight and conformity assessment system. So how are we testing people? Is it fair? Is it you know, consistent? That's why you have to do your test for your CPT proctored, right? Because we want to make sure that it's not an open book test and we want to make sure people aren't helping each other. And then this will give the organizations a way to answer the question, who reviewed your certificate certification programs? It takes some of the onus away from them says, Hey, we created this, but a third party validated our processes. So this is just key for our industry. As we continue to raise the standards of fitness professionals, it's crucial that we stay uh, you know, credentialed by this third party association.
1: And I think it's also important too, guys, because you know there are other, um, you know, certi- uh certified personal training companies out there. When you say certified, what does certified mean? Is it, you know, and, and so for us, we know that we're accredited. Um, there are other uh, personal training certificates out there where people can go in and maybe take something over the internet, you know, and it may have taken them, you know, a day or two to learn. And it's like, well. What kind of knowledge do they have in comparison to you? And and think about it as a true education process. And that's one of the things that I think we sometimes forget because we really are gold standard for multiple reasons. And I think going through this process is definitely a number like one of them, and to me, one of the biggest.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And those of you just joining us today, myself, Marty Miller here with Wendy Batts on our master instructor round table, we're talking all things CEU or our CEU review. So we talked about accreditation. So now we'll continue on here as we move forward. And I'm waiting for there where it all begins. So, you know, Wendy, I saw this cartoon and I've said this forever and I'm glad I was able to find it. So, you know, you you pass your test, everyone thinks they're maximally competent. No, anytime you pass that certification, it just means that you're now declared minimally competent to start the learning process. And that's what I love about it is that's why CEUs are required because thank goodness we work in an industry that you can't gain all the knowledge in a short period of time. I couldn't imagine how boring that would be if I you know, had a job where, okay, you study for a week, six weeks, even six months, but you'll never need to learn anything else. So that's the beauty behind it. So when you pass your CPT, you're minimally competent to start as a professional. that's where The learning truly begins. And that's why we want the CEUs. And like, you know, I'm sure a lot of us go to doctors for our physicals. Imagine if they didn't have conscientious education requirements. So if we want to be held to a high standard in our profession and be looked upon as high level professionals, let's not downplay or criticize the fact that we need CEUs that only builds our profession.
1: Yeah. And one thing, Marty, this is kind of something that I wanted to, to bring up, especially during this time is, you know, we often hear, well, I've got to do my continued education and I, you know, it's all about money and it's all about this. Well, it's not, it has nothing to do with money. It has to do with, we want to continue to grow our education. And if, you know, if you're not learning you're dying. And so, you know, your brain needs to be stimulated. You want to know what's going on in the industry. You want to know the different types of modalities that are out there and what separates this modality from that modality and what's the different types of populations. And we're learning different things about medication and, you know, different types of surgeries or total knee, this, or total shoulder or total hip. Like how do you work with different, you know, youth population in comparison to active older adults? And if you're not continuously learning, and learning the different changes we we change every single day i mean look at look at how personal training has grown i mean where we started from you know years and years ago i mean even when the opt model was first implemented into nasm it was the first kind of process standardized process that helped someone take one client at this level to get them to a very high level safely scientifically And, um, you know, with an evidence based background. And so we're constantly learning, I think we we really need to not think about it as money. And that's one thing that, you know, I have to do continuing education for my, you know, my manual therapy license, Marty, you do for your athletic training, we have to do it for our personal training. And, and unfortunately, for me, they don't, they don't, they don't, uh, (laughs) I can't use what I'm doing for NASM (laughs) to do my license, my state license. And so you know, I'm constantly having to go through each and every year because they're opposite years, lucky for me. And, right um, and I actually enjoy it because I learn something new each and every time and I take courses that interest me that's only going to help me grow as a professional.
0: Yeah, and we have some slides coming up on that. And I think Wendy, you've touched on a lot of key points that we're going to continue to dive into is, you know, it's, they're there for a reason and they're there only to help you grow as a professional. And if you can switch your mindset to that, I think that you're going to see the benefit of being in an industry that requires ceus yes but i love that cartoon
1: <laughs> so let's talk about the cpt so when did you get your certified personal training certificate i know many of you on the facebook page is like i finally got it in the mail y'all yeah, you know put it in a frame like make sure that every time you recertify you just take one out put another one in take one out put another one in I know I used to have mine hanging and then it got so thick because I would just layer them in that I couldn't shut the background. That's how long I've had my my CPT through NASM. But just remember that every, once you pass your exam, OK, once you pass it every two years from that date, you must recertify. And so when you're doing this, you're having to do your CPR and AED, which is only worth point 0.1. Okay, because you need to have 2.0 or 20 hours of continuing education units every two years. So that counts as one hour. So you technically need 19 hours or 1.9 to fulfill the 2.0 requirements. And so lucky for you through NASM, there are multiple specializations or even different types of certifications, which we're going to bring up here next, that you can take to make sure that you're fulfilling your 20 hours or 2.0 CEUs. But don't forget that the 0.1 has to be CPR with AED. That is mandatory um, that you have that updated when you're going through um, to, and you have to show proof of that as well when you're turning in and recertifying.
0: Yeah. And if you plan it out, 19 hours is not a lot over two years, right? That's less than one hour a month, but it's when you get in the crunch time, the last three months is the key part. So I want to throw this in here because a lot of people say, well, how do I know? Well, if you're taking an NASM course, so I just past week, finished the physique and bodybuilding coaches course. So that's why you see only 0.1 for me. I'm ahead of schedule here, Wendy. Um, So it will auto-populate. So you go into the NASM website, you log in, then you'll see this tab. So the NASM recertification, then it takes you what you see on the right. It, they do a great job giving you your date because as Wendy said, my other two that I have to maintain, my state, my national license are on a calendar year. Very easy to remember. NASM does it based on the date that you pass the exam. So you can see eons ago, I took mine in August. So every two years in August. So this is why it's great. Even if you're taking outside courses that you have to manually enter, it shows you exactly when your due date is. So between now and August, when the calendar turns, I'll take my CPR and then I will be done. Doesn't mean I may not continue on with my recertification or you know continue education, but you can't kind of store those for the following cycle. Doesn't mean well, don't go do it, but go ahead. And
1: that's, I think that's very important, Marty. So let's say that a little slower, y'all. If Marty took 1.9 and he goes and gets his CPR, he's gonna be done done for his august recertification and he'll have to go through and actually hit the recertification button so as you can see right there you have to hit that and then make sure that you feel like fill out everything um but because it's you know it's not like oh you did it it's on your portal and you're done you actually have to go in and recertify after that that point but if he were to go and take like something else completely different It doesn't mean in August, if he's got like, you know, you know, let's say 40 hours, so 4.0, those next 2.0 will not carry over to the following two years in August. That means he's done over, he's, he's that overachiever for this certifying this, like the two years that he's currently in. So I often get asked that. We see it all the time on the Facebook page. You cannot carry anything over. Okay. You cannot. (laughs) So um, just make sure that, you know, that you plan it out and that's why it's really good to have a plan. What do you want to take? What makes sense to you? And then think about the amounts of credits that you need in order to achieve what you need to within the time, the time frame.
0: Yep. And that's the key thing is, you know, stay on track. We're going to talk about that as we shift out of this, but, you know, just don't get caught behind because then you start making decisions that maybe aren't the best. You're just looking for things. Things. Things.
1: yeah so you know there's something called recertifying for life or recertify for life and you know we you know marty gets to ask this often so do i should i do recertify for life and i will always say financially it makes sense if this is a career that you love and you know that you're you're investing in and you're going to be in it and you're in for the long haul i did it right when it came out i know marty did it as well all of our master instructor instructors actually did And the the benefits behind that is you pay, it's $399. So yes, it is a little, you know, you've got to financially think ahead. And so, but once you pay that, you never have to pay the application fee again, which is $99 every two years. So when I said you have to go in and hit recertification, you fill out the application, you pay your $99 fee. You make sure that all of your, your, um, your courses are showing up that you hit your 2.0 mark. And if you've done them through NASM and they're in your portal, it'll show. If you did it from an outside company that um, is partnered with NASM, you may have to upload those documents. But at that point, if you have your recertify, uh, recertify for life, you don't have to pay that application fee and it's waived. But often people are like, oh, okay, it's just about the fee you know, that that's the only thing. Well, no, when you do that, you also get a 30% discount on any of these specializations that NASM offers, as well as the business accelerator. You also get 30% off discounts when we go back to our live workshops, which we're hoping to do in the future. Um, We have pre-sale offers on different products. You get free shipping on a hundred dollars or more. And then again, you also get 30% off AFA and GFI and gear. Um, if you you know just by having that so there are multiple benefits that you have by just recertifying for life. and um, I know for me I did it a long, long time ago. it is definitely paid for itself. Um, like I said every two years I keep getting that that beautiful certification in the mail and uh, that certificate and um, and so to me that's that's super important. And um, you know before I have you chime in, Marty, anyone that's just joining us, it's really, we're, we're excited to have you here. Marty Miller and myself, Wendy Batts, we're on the Master Instructor Roundtable today talking about, um, you know, the certification process So the CEU review. We're talking about once you pass what you do, where you go to recertify, what recertify for life means if you decide to do that. But then also making sure, too, that once you've passed, that you understand that after two years, you have to go in and fill out the application to ensure that you stay Active and up to date on your your certification.
0: Yeah, no, great review, and I think that these are kind of the you know we check the boxes on the what now we can move into, in my mind, a little more of the fun part of this topic for sure. So, you know, I was talking to some people, and the elite bundle came up, and you and I are going to talk about you know kind of like the future of how you look at your profession. But I love that NESM put together the elite trainer bundle because it's not just a bunch of random courses thrown together. If you look at like, you know, one of my sons is going through his CPT, but even if they didn't have this elite trainer bundle, this would be pretty much what I would say his trajectory should be if he wants this to be a career. So absolutely. I think you start with your certified personal trainer, get to understand the OPT model, become that minimally competent to start, but then, you know, near and dear to my heart and your heart, Wendy corrective exercises right there. It's the foundation. It's a deeper level of anatomy. It's the ability to fix people's movement with a little more specialized eye to it, or those targeted warmups. Then we love the performance enhancement because we go back far enough where all seven phases were in the model. So they still are, but there's two advanced credentials. Then everyone's going to talk to you about some level of nutrition. So why would you not want your certified nutrition coach? What we do is basically make people change their behaviors a lot of times. So having that understanding of the behavioral change specialization, and then one of the ones that I definitely would put in now, maybe not as much when I first started, because group exercise has changed. It's not just the you know group exercise step aerobics. Everyone's doing boot camp, small group. So to have the ability to go from one on one to a small group, still keeping your NASM concepts in line, understanding teaching and cueing, and setting yourself up for success. To me, that's kind of like the minimum someone would want over a period of time to start really be going from a generalist to a specialist within this industry. So if you're committed, I think that this is a great opportunity to know, okay, I've got the next course coming. I'm going to take these in this type of order. And by the time I'm done with these six courses, I have a great foundation for my career.
1: Yeah. And, and guys, again, you know, if, if you're already, you know, a CPT and you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to do the bundle. I mean, just looking at this, you know, this kind of grouping or bundle, if you will, and you think, okay, as Marty just said, he just kind of spelled out like, well, you know, if I have this, what would this do for me? And if I have that, what will this do? I mean, again, I think all the different um, courses that NASM has done, they've done a great job. And again, the certified nutrition coach, I was like, well, I mean, nutrition isn't, isn't my forte. Is it important? Absolutely. But when I have questions, I actually, I have a referral plan. I refer out to a registered dietitian that, and she does the same thing because we have our our niche and we know what's important. And so for me, you know, having that understanding with the certified nutrition coach actually opened my eyes to even more than I already knew. But again, you know, if it's something more deep then I will refer out, but now I feel very comfortable because the way that they did it, the people that they brought in, the way that they actually laid out that course made it easy for me to understand when, like I said, nutrition wasn't my strong point. It's never been, I will openly admit it, but I learned a ton from that one course.
0: Right. And it's just being able to have that conversation with your client. And then, as you said, refer out if need be, but it's it's a conversation that will be had. Yes. Then these specializations, these are just a handful. I just threw some of these in here, you know, when Wendy and I were talking about it, like we, everything's uploaded on the site, but you know, we, of course, corrective exercise. Then we went a little deeper with stretching and flexibility coach, because people wanted to learn more techniques and be able to do hands-on. Then, of course, wellness coaching is a whole nother uh, facet of what we do as fitness professionals. So, these are three that, again, I think are highly valuable as you start to go into your career and look for maybe a niche or that next level of knowledge you want to obtain.
1: Yeah. And I think the wellness coach is important to really think about, too, guys, because if you're not really wanting to be like a trainer where you're in the gym and you're constantly having to, you know, to take someone through like the assessments and then doing workouts with them, the wellness coach is really almost like an, a whole nother profession. It's another offering that you can, when we're talking about building your business and growing and, and having a different type of impact, um, you know, it is, you know, one of those things that if you really are thinking about being a wellness coach, I strongly would, would steer someone in that direction. It's one of the most expensive courses NASM's ever put together because of the professionals behind it, the amount of information that they provide, the documents and different ways of testing your knowledge and helping you with different concepts that may come about. They've done a very, very good job with that one particular, and I call it almost like it's almost like a pillar. I mean, it does all intertwine, but it is something that is very specialized. And if you're you're kind of on the fence about it, I think you should go for it sure
0: yeah it's great information for sure a couple more we put in here nutrition we talked about then that next level for people who really push the envelope from a fitness standpoint right their requirements are gonna be different it could be semi-professional athletes could be division one athletes could be a youth athlete could just be someone who just is training for an Ironman, man even if they're you know not going to compete at kona and things like that so the sport nutrition coach Is is a phenomenal certification. And then you'll see there's plenty more. And we posted some of them up here, but these are just some ideas that you can look at. And then I, as I said, I just finished the physique and bodybuilding coach course. Very much worth the time and energy because even though I'll never work with somebody in my profession that wants to go on stage, everybody at some point in time during their fitness journey, or most people will maybe want to say, you know what, for the next six weeks or eight weeks. I want to see, can I really push the envelope? So there's some great knowledge in there for anybody that's going to work with clients who may want to maximize their abilities, even if they never have a goal of getting up on a stage.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, how many clients come to you and say, hey, I want to lean out. I want to look really good in my bikini and my bathing suit before I go to the beach. And, you know, and so, you know, when we look at the name of it, it almost to me, feels like okay we're thinking about only those people going on stage but in all reality it can be used for everyone the the amount of information it provides lets you kind of tweak it to your clientele but like you said marty the the like specifics i mean even when they go into peak week and stuff like that that might not if i'm not going to get on stage may not be like the the thing that I have to focus on the most, but having that knowledge behind it for somebody that's getting ready to have a week that they want to look their best. It's only going to help me with them to ensure that I'm keeping them on track as well.
0: Yep. It's all evidence-based. So it's great, great content. I highly mm-hmm.
1: recommend it. Yes.
0: Now this is where I think the fun stuff comes is okay. The why we talked about the, what we need, continuing education. And Wendy, you know, you and I've talked about this before, but you know, this is for adults. So I saw this years ago and I really try to focus on it. The E versus E ratio, entertainment versus education. So I stole this from Brian Tracy, entrepreneur. We borrowed, we borrowed. That's true. That's true. Because he puts <laughs> it out there. Good point. Good point. I <laughs> borrowed it and I credit him every single time. Yeah. So he's the one that came up with this and he did some research on it. So, you know, the, at the time, the average person spends about 50 minutes on entertainment for every one minute on education. I have a feeling that number went up because this was before, you know, on our phone, every single device was there with Instagram and Netflix and all that. So, but let's assume that it's still 50 to one. That's not a great number as we, you know, get out of into our, our adulthood. So, but if you want to look at one of the fastest ways to increase your growth and to begin, as he says, to build your empire, you got to decrease this ratio and increase your action. So as we move forward here, you're going to see a little bit more information is it's not hard, right? So you still get more entertainment than education, but, you know, go from 50 to one and maybe we change that number to a smaller number. So, you know, we'll move forward here and, you know, we'll continue to discuss it. But what I loved is he showed a number, I think it was five to one. So you still have five times the amount of entertainment versus education. So it's not like you switched it and people were doubling their income. I mean, that's wildly impactful Where okay, I still get to have more entertainment, but instead of 50 to one, it's a five to one ratio. So, you know, I think that's very doable, very manageable. And, you know, this is where again, Wendy, you talked about it. We were gonna, I knew we'd come back to it is are we looking at education as an expense or an investment? Right. So are we looking at what it's taking from us or what it's going to give us? So we want to change people's mindset, and and I can speak for myself when I know that you're in the same boat. When I did my master's, I didn't really have a career plan in the sense of like this will get me that. Same thing when I did my doctorate, I just knew I had a blind faith that if I continue my education, good things will come, and they did. So I always look back at the investment that I take in my education, and that's why you know we've had the opportunity to teach for Nasm. That's why you know, we've had the opportunity to teach at universities, etc. So e versus e manage it, shrink it down to a more manageable level of entertainment versus education, change your mindset and see what happens.
1: Yep. And this week on, on our master instructor roundtable with Marty Miller and Wendy Batts, we're talking about the CE review and, and, you know, we've talked about obviously the different courses and, and the things, the steps that you have to have to recertify, but Marty, when you're talking about Brian Tracy and you're talking about this 50 to one and you're talking about, like, where is your future and investing and getting your mind right? I think it's also interesting because um, those of us that have an iPhone and, and Marty, you, I know you do as well. On Sunday mornings, I get this pop up that says that I, I had this percentage of screen time this year, you know, this particular week. And then it went up or it went down and it is astounding to see the differences in in my percentages sometimes than even my husband's like we present like we look at each other, it's almost competition um, to see how much time we're spending on our phones and to your point that number has gone up i think it's gone up a substantial amount personally since the pandemic because i got so used to being on my phone and looking at everything and doing everything just electronically versus kind of opening my eyes and looking out and then thinking about what do i want to do and why so when we're when we're talking about this i think it's it's very important to kind of think about we're stressing so much about the nows. It's more of like, okay, what do you want to do in the future? And then what are the proper steps to get there? So when you're talking about expense and investment financially, you always have to think about your finances and you have to plan accordingly. But if you want to continue your education, there are financial, you know, other ways that you can do it. There's financial aid. If you're thinking about timing that you don't want to get in the car and go to universities. I mean, I know Penn West, again, that's a bad plug for us, but but we teach for them that's hundred percent online. And, you know, I was able to work and still go to to school to continue my education and you could get loans along the way. Or if you're part of NASM, there are, you know, different um, things that you can sign up for to try to get like a scholarship. And so, you know, you you just have to think of what you want, how you want to grow. And then I think at that point, that expense becomes minimal because I know if I wouldn't have had even my master's, I wouldn't be able to have been a master instructor and so it was and and to me that's i hold near and dear to my heart because i love teaching people and i love
0: how you met me I, that uh, is
1: okay. yes and those of you guys that don't know marty and i actually tried out for we had to try out back in the day for a master instructor position they were going to choose uh two and there was four of us that tried out for the position and um yeah, Marty, and, and marty he he calmed me down because I'm type A, always stressing, like, what if I don't do this right? And he was like, oh, you got this. Um, and so, you know, and then we have these other two people that didn't really talk to us that much. One guy showed up late, but we're like, okay, there's no way he's going to make it because he was late. But then we realized he was super wicked smart. <laughs> and then we had Marty, who was really smart. I was, you know, female that thought I was smart. And then we had um, another guy that was just so laid back, but yet he was able to transform these people's lives. And it was like published and all this stuff about how amazing he was as a trainer. So, you know, just to, to fast forward to the end. That they was just a year decide. or two. You know? Yeah, they couldn't decide so they hired all four of us. And so if you've had the, the chance to work with Marty, myself, Tony Amblerite, who I eventually married, and then also Larry Houston, those were the four that uh, that they chose. And they've been stuck with this ever since.
0: And you know what? I think looking back, we had this mindset even before we ever thought about it, right? That was just who we were. And that's probably how we ended up in the same room together. And 17 years later, still going at it.
1: I know. Crazy. Crazy.
0: Right. So this is kind of something, you know, it's really cool now that my one son is definitely starting this process. But my other two boys are in the same position, just different industries. It's, you know, one rung at a time. Have a plan and you'll be climbing that ladder before you know it, but you got to have a plan. Sometimes you get stuck and two, three years goes by and then you're like, oh, wow. So you got to have a plan, work that plan. But I would say this is kind of a painting with a broad brush, but especially in our industry, we got to move from generalist to specialists. If you really want to maximize your income, right? So you got to start on the general level. So you got to get your CPT, you got to get your CES, you got to get your PES, you got to have that foundation. Then from there, you may become a wellness coach. You may become this, that, the other. You may work just uh, with manual therapy and go get your, what we call a touch license, your massage therapy and the advanced credentials and licenses you have, Wendy, or you might come out of a a situation like I did in sports medicine, but the future of fitness is now going to be expanding these skills and be able to manage a client's fitness journey rather than just trade time for money. What I mean by that is there will be people who love the one-on-one and that's all they want to do. Great. Great. But if you look at the future is we got to get that full wellness mindset where I need my clients. If they truly want to be healthy, they need to be doing a lot of other things outside the time they trade with me. So let's say they train me for two hours a week. They could still be considered sedentary depending what they do. They may not have any understanding of recovery. They may not understand sleep. They may not understand nutrition. They might not understand stress. They may not understand fill in the blank. So, I truly believe the industry is moving to the way I kind of look at it. The best way for me to describe it is kind of like a general manager of a football team. You got to get all these pieces of the puzzle working together to get a great outcome. And I think I truly believe that when we go away from the healthcare system we have, which is truly disease care to a healthcare system, fitness professionals can be that front line. And I think that the more you can manage a bigger part of that wellness circle, you have other opportunities. Now I'm not saying if you want to be a specialist in the one-on-one, go do you. That's awesome. But I'm saying where the industry is going. And that's why if you look at the courses NES is bringing out, it is the certified nutrition coach, the sports nutrition coach, the wellness coaching. We're getting into that because we see it ourselves. So this is kind of, you know, how I'm looking at the uh, marketplace and the future of fitness in my mind.
1: Well, and I, and I also want to throw in there too, in order for you to move up in your career, you're going to have to make yourself known. You're going to have to be different. You're going to have to sometimes be uncomfortable and you're going to have to do things that it's only going to excel your position of where you currently are to where you want to be. Um, Marty and I had to do that through with NASM. We would have never been on this podcast if it wasn't like, Hey, y'all choose us, let us do this and let's see how it goes. Um, you know, again, out of my comfort level, I know at Adam Marty's in the beginning, we've had unbelievable producers that have tried to help us. And again, we're definitely far from perfect, but it's it's something that allows us to be able to educate, which is something that we be, we love to do. Um, but on some kind of platform that if you would have asked me three years ago, would you be doing a podcast? I would have been like, heck no, because that's just something that I was, I wasn't, I didn't even think that I could do. And so I think it's the whole point of this is find out what you love to do. Be really good at what you love to do and then separate yourself to show that you're the best at this because you've done this, that and the other. You've taken the right courses. You've 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 got a really good support system that are better than you so they can teach you. And so I think if you do that, that's how you're also going to grow and then be loud, be loud about it. I am the best. I want to do this. I want to travel. I want to teach. I want to present whatever it is that you want to do but you have to make yourself known and then you better be able to back it because if you're saying you're the best, you need to have education behind it if, for whatever it is that you're, you want to do.
0: Yeah. And then with that, and I know exactly what you're saying. Also, you know, you got to be humble at the same time to take uh,
1: Humble, yes.
0: <laughs> humble. when you're the best. Um,
1: You'll but, be humble. I'll be kind. <laughs> those
0: guys aren't The best uh, humble in a sense that, You know, we've all had these tough conversations. Like I've talked with Wendy, I've talked with everybody else she named. And sometimes we're like, man, you nailed it. And then sometimes we're like, you know what? You could have done this, this way, or this, this way. I promise you. And our producer knows as soon as we're off this podcast, Wendy, I'll call you, you call me and we review it, right? Cause you want to hear from other people that you respect. You want to hear, you know, am I, that's how you get better is by self-analysis too. So, you know, don't be afraid to have somebody give you that feedback you know, that's the only way you're going to grow.
1: Oh, yes. And in the very beginning, when I first started teaching, I was terrible. You know, I was terrible because I was nervous. It wasn't right. something that I was comfortable with. And we had one guy that, you know, had to have something in his hands. And we had one guy that actually didn't even know he was eating while he was presenting. I mean, there was a lot of growing pains that we've had throughout the years. That I wasn't been-
0: one eating, in case you're wondering.
1: It was not. Um, but we also had those those. Those mentors for us, you know, presenting like you said when we were doing the analysis, you were great here. You need to work on this, and you need and again taking in that you know getting critiqued and taking it and learning and growing from it. Whether it is on the floor working with with someone, um, working with a client that you never thought you would be able to work with because it's a population that's new to you. Dig deep, read more information, talk to their PTs, their doctors, or whatever. Get as much information as you can so you can help better their outcome. And it's also going to help you grow. So if you get another client with those same types of of scenarios or I don't want to say issues, but, you know, maybe compensations or or, um, injuries, you've already experienced that and you've already learned a little bit. So each and every time you still learn a little bit more to where then you're a hundred percent comfortable with that. And maybe that's your niche.
0: And that's that education mindset. Wendy, I have to say it once, fitness and education to race with no finish line. There you go Had to get in there. I was going to get in towards the end, but you <laughs> knew I was going to get it in there. Always. I said it for you because you would have wondered if I didn't. So as, as we wrap things up, our key takeaways, just please. At the beginning, we talked about, remember what the CU certification certification requirements are. So you don't get yourself in that bind. You can create that plan. Have that plan so that way you don't forget when you, what your recertification requirements are or when it's due. And that way, instead of an expense, you look at it as an investment because you're truly spending the time and energy on a topic that you want to be better at. And then enjoy the process and use that to your advantage. Market it, go out and you know get new clients from it. Whatever you took, there is a way that you can use that to market yourselves, as Wendy said, that people know you're growing as a professional.
1: Yes. Well done. (laughs) As always, if you guys have any questions, you can always contact Marty or myself, but you can find me um, by emailing me at wendy.bats at nasm.org or find me on Instagram at wendy.bats13.
0: And then my information is popping up here right on QDR.martymiller72 for Instagram and then marty.miller at nasm.org for email. So Wendy, great as always. And for all of you that joined in, thank you so much for attending this week's Master Instructor Roundtable. And we look forward to seeing you next week.